There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. This is a new week on the podcast as far as recordings. I'm thankful for each of you that listen. Thankful for your patience with us last week, especially to our faithful listeners. Uh, we just had some technical problems, and not only technical problems, we had some physical problems, and it was impossible for us to record to even begin this week. But the Lord has restored our strength, restored our technology to us, and we're able to start recording again for this week on the podcast. We certainly thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for the meeting there at the Living Waters Baptist Church. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. I do have a prayer request if those of you would out there wouldn't mind praying. My father, his name is Ken McVeigh, is very sick, very ill. He's had a couple of strokes in the last few months in a nursing home out in Evansville, Indiana. And uh, my wife and I are trying to find the time to get out there to go see him. And uh, my dad was never a great part of my life, never a big part of my life, but he's still my father. And uh, we certainly are contemplating going out there, trying to get out there to see him. But he's in serious need of prayer. He has the flu. He's down. He's very weak, uh, just not doing well. And so just pray for my father, if you would, please. Again, on the podcast, you know, as we go week to week and day to day, we never know what's going to take place. And it's not that we're whining or complaining. It's not like we have a staff. It's not like we have people to help us. I don't walk into a recording studio and the sound engineer has everything set up. I can preach for 12 minutes and walk back out again. And the engineer takes care of all of it. No, we don't have that. We just do it all ourselves. And that's not a problem. We don't mind doing that. But we get behind things when sickness comes and travel comes and family things come. Uh, then we are just unable to record at times. And so that's what happened to us last week. So pray for the podcast. Thank you for those of you that have supported this podcast. Uh, we always have a dear brother that sends in a monthly support to help pay for the funds of the podcast. We certainly appreciate that. Appreciate each and every one of you. Matthew chapter 20 is where we're at. We're closing out the chapter in verse 30. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord. And notice, he says, Thou son of David. Two great things they said. O Lord, they knew he was the Lord. Thou son of David. They have the promises of God, the promise according to the seed of David. They believe God. It is their faith. We see that. They come believing the word of God. They've heard of the miracles. They've not seen them, but they've heard of them. They've heard of his fame, obviously. They've heard of what he can do. And they cry out to him by faith. And I believe there's people that live in this world today that could do the same thing. They may not have seen, uh, they may not have watched the miracles of Christ. They may not have seen anybody ever touched by a miracle of Christ. But when they hear of him, they know that this is he according to the scriptures. Now, what scriptures do those blind men have? They had Moses' law. They had the prophets. They had the Psalms. That's what they had. And they knew he was the son of David. It's amazing. Folks today, they can't see him but by sight. They can't see him except outside the flannel graph or outside of their movies. They can't see him by faith because they don't believe that he is the son of God. 
and to be the son of God of the seed of David, born of a woman, born of a virgin, is the only thing that you can believe, my friends, uh, to believe that he is the Christ concerning his life. And yet there are folks that deny that. They deny the virgin birth today. They deny the sonship of Christ. They deny the godliness of Christ. They deny that he is God. And yet they have a Christ, a form of Christ. They don't believe that is he that was uh, sacrificed, he that was offered for us, he that gave his soul as that offering for sin. They don't believe that, but yet they have a Christ. They don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ, yet they have a Christ. And so we see two blind men that heard of him. They've heard of what he had done. They heard his story and they cried out when they found out that Jesus passed by. It wasn't just a man passing by. They knew who was passing by. Why? They believed the scriptures. It's no different today. A man cries out of darkness. He hears the scriptures and believes that this is the Christ. When Christ passes by his way, what does he do? He cries out to him. What does Christ do? Saves him. Why? Because the word of God is true. And he that believeth to me, he said, I will in no wise cast out for the deepest, darkest jungles of the heathen that picks up a scrap of scripture and realizes this is the Christ, the Ethiopian eunuch out there in the wilderness place. And he cries out and realizes that he is the Christ, submits himself to the word of God. The apostle Paul on that Damascus road, he submits himself to the word of God, submits himself to Jesus Christ. It is no difference. It's by faith. It's of faith. And the dispensationalists, of course, try to dissect this and tear this all apart and, and uh, just tear it to pieces. But it's it's interesting. And I was reading this earlier, and a, a dear brother had shared this with me a while ago. And I was looking at this concerning this dispensationalism that's going on today. And I shared this with some of you even today. But in Romans chapter 2. And again, what, what is a dispensationalist? Well, it's someone that just believes in the different, different dispensations, and then they take it, and they go as far as they want, or as close as they want, and some go further, some go even further yet. But verse 28 of Romans 2, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, and the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So he tells you it's not in the uncircumcision, it's in the circumcision. Well, what is it? The circumcision of the heart. That's where folks got a problem today. And uh, my friend, they got a heart problem. Therefore, they go into all these ideals of cutting away Scripture and adding Scripture and diminishing the value of Scripture. And that's the greatest attack on the Word of God. It's just devaluing the Scripture. That's not really what it says. That's not really what it means. I had a thing recently that I was rebuked with, with paper, it was on writing. That's fine. Thank God for that. And it was given to me, and it was statements that I had supposedly made, and I don't recall making those statements. I don't believe a couple of those statements. But then they would use Scripture to try to prod at those statements. But the statements were in error because that's not what we preach. That's not what we believe. And so if you're going to attack the statements with Scripture, at least use the statements I make rather than just try to have a cannon fodder that you can shoot at and then boast of how you overthrew folly with the scripture and how foolish that is and how silly that is. There's no faith in that. There's no belief in that. There's no understanding of God in that. But here's two blind men that don't know a whole lot, but they know a couple things more than a lot of people know. They know, one, he's the Lord. When he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he knew he was the Lord. And uh, they realized this is the Christ. This is the son of David. And they cried out to him, thou son of David. What he asked, have mercy on us. Why? They needed mercy. Now, you can say it's mercy because of their blindness, and I can understand that, And but I believe the mercy goes deeper than that, and we see a little bit later on that Jesus had compassion on them because of his tender mercies, but the multitude, in verse 31, and the multitude rebuked them, 
because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And so they should hold their peace. They felt like they need to be quiet about this. Let this man pass by. Who are these two blind men? And to be blind in those days, there was no school for the blind. There was no Braille system. You relied on others. And probably they relied on each other as part of being blind. A very difficult thing. The folks today can function. Folks today can live in that state. And I thank God. I got friends that are blind. They can't see a thing. But God's good to them, and God's made a way for them to be able to function. Back then, it was a whole lot more difficult. A lot of them would just sit in the gate or sit outside the city. Obviously, sit by the wayside and just wait for someone to pass by. A lot of them begged, I'm sure. I doubt many of them came from rich families, so they wouldn't be on the wayside. But here's two men. The Word of God simply said they were sitting by the wayside. Why were they sitting by the wayside? They were outside just waiting to see what could happen, what would take place. Maybe somebody would give them food. Maybe somebody uh, would give them money. But what came by? Jesus Christ the righteous came by. They received more than money. They received more than food. They received the bread from heaven. They received eternal, by the way, eternal change in Jesus Christ. That's what he does for men. He gave them sight. He gave their eyes sight. They can now see. They're no longer blind. That's what he does. He opens your eyes to see. He'll open your eyes when you realize that he is the Christ and there is none other. He'll open your eyes spiritually. You'll never be in darkness again. You'll never walk in darkness again. You might get confused. Uh, you might get discombobulated. That's a good scriptural world there. It's somewhere in there. Uh, you might get all turned upside down. You might even get confounded. But he said to those that believe, they shall not be confounded. You're not going to be in that state long. And God's not going to let you continue to be mingled with the idols of your heart and the deceit of your own thinking. God is going to straighten that out. It's called repentance. And when you straighten that out, God is going to set you on a straight path. God is going to keep you in a narrow way. Why? You're his child. You belong to him. Had a man years ago. He made the statement. He said, a lot of preachers are indicting God of being a lousy father. And he said, I don't believe that. I, I've taken that with me all of these years, some 20 years now. They indict God being a lousy father. He can't get his children in line. He can't control his children. But yet my heavenly father is a good father. And he does control his children. They didn't want them to cry out. They didn't want these blind men yelling, embarrassing everybody. And that's the way religion is. Boy, religion just despises anything out of the norm, anything outside of what they normally do. Boy, somebody crying out and hollering out, have mercy on me. Boy, somebody did that in most church service. People would have a heart attack, probably leave the church, split the church, sow discord, get on Facebook, talk about the Pentecostals have come. But most people need to cry out for mercy. Most people need to beg God for mercy. If you listen to this and you're lost, what you need to do is cry out for mercy. You don't sit there and talk about how blind you are. You ask God to touch your blindness. You don't talk about your, your condition. You talk about what God can do. And you ask God to do it. You don't just sit there and lament the fact that you can't see. No, you go to the one that can heal. You go to the one that can change. You go to the one that makes a difference. A lot of folks just like talking about what they are. It's like the man is crippled up. Doesn't do anything to try to help himself. Doesn't get himself out and wheel around. Doesn't try to walk. Doesn't try to use his feet. He quits going to physical therapy. He just wants to sit there all day and tell everybody how crippled he is. And I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of folks in their lost estate. They're crippled by sin. And that's all they want to do is talk about how crippled they are rather than go to the one that can heal them. Rather than go to the one and say, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And yet he will do that for whosoever will. He will do that if you'll believe on his name. These men obviously believed. They called upon him. They cried out to him. The multitude rebuked them. But you know what they did? They ignored the multitude and they cried louder. Why? They had faith. They believed God. Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I should do unto you? 
When he asked for mercy, they weren't specific about that. But he called them, and I like what, this, what, the, what the Word of God says here. He stood still. When he heard his name, Lord, he stopped, got his attention. And my friend, he stood still and waited on them. And they came to where he was. For the Word of God said, he called them and said, what will you do that I should do unto you? You say they walked over them. No, I said they came unto him. There's a big difference. You don't have to walk anyway. Just come to where he is. And how do you do that? When he calls you, you respond to the call. It's like me saying to my son, Nathaniel, come here. And he says, yes, daddy, no matter where he's at, he hears that call. He knows it's for him. It doesn't matter where you're at. You hear that call, you'll know it's him. You'll hear that voice, you'll know it's him. When he calls, you'll know it's him. What do you got to do? You just got to come. You have to run to where he is? No, you just respond to that call. You just say, here am I, Lord. Our Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me the call of God upon his life. And that's what you do when God calls. Here am I. Lord, what dost thou require of me? What, Lord, what do you need of me? I tell you what the Lord needs of you. He needs repentance. Get over your own thinking. Get over your own ways. It's not the cutting away, the deadness of the flesh. You can't purify yourself enough. You can't wash your hands enough. You can't cleanse your heart enough. You're not going to be able to come to Jesus Christ by the good works you're doing, the good deeds you're doing. And Well, we got this out of our life. No, I got this out of my life. And I'm so much closer to God than what I was last week. And so much closer to God. No, you're still blind. You still can't see. Imagine these men. Hey, Jesus passed by. We heard his voice. Yep. All right. Amen. Glad I heard his voice. I'm satisfied. Let's go tell folks how blind we are. Hey, I heard the voice of God. He walked by my way. No, he cried out for mercy. They were looking for something from God. They cried out for mercy to him, and he had compassion on them, the word of God said. What's ye that I shall do unto you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. And so Jesus responded to them and asked them what they wanted. And he told them, it would be interesting to see, if God asked you, what do you want? Well, Lord, I pray that you show me more about my lost estate. And Lord, I pray that you just show me more about how I can purify myself. And Lord, I pray you show me how I can clean up my act. No, have mercy upon me, Lord. Have mercy upon my lost estate. Have mercy upon my lost condition. That's what I need more than anything else. I don't need ideals and philosophies and reasonings and all these ideas I have of why I'm lost. No, I just need mercy. Mercy, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the cry that God's looking for. And here he asks them what they should do. It would be interesting to talk to folks. When God asks you, what shall I do unto thee? And it would be interesting what people say. Well, Lord, I pray that you help my family. No, you don't need help for your family. You need to be born of God. You need God's mercy. Well, I pray that you'd help me get this junk out of my life. No, you need God's mercy. Oh, I pray you'd help me wash my hands clean. No, you need God's mercy. I pray you'd help me dress better. No, you need God's mercy. I pray that you'd help me in my life. No, you need God's mercy is what you need. All oh, folks have fallen short because they're not looking for the mercy of God to fall upon them. They're blind. They can't see. And when he asks them what they need, they're not looking for mercy. They don't think they need mercy. They don't really see themselves as a sinner. Heard testimonies from some young people this week that have been born of God. He said, I did not see myself as a sinner. He says, I got saved to see myself more wicked than I ever saw myself before. It's not just that I see myself as a sinner. It's that I realize that I'm vile before God. I need God's mercy. I'm perishing. I'm going to die lost and go to hell without Christ because I will not seek the mercy of God. What are you seeking from God? What are you looking from God? What are you asking from God? So Jesus had compassion on them. Why? They said this, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. The one thing they needed most, they needed spiritually 
physically, whichever you can, you can illustrate it. You can type, typify it. Doesn't bother me one bit, but they needed their eyes open. And my friend, Jesus Christ touched their eyes Why he had compassion on them. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. And I believe every person that's eyes receive sight spiritually will take up their cross and follow him. Why? Because they've asked him for mercy. When God asks you, what, what do you want from me? What would you like from me? What would you like for me to do for you? You know what the answer is? Have mercy upon me, dear God. Open mine eyes that I may see. What a wonderful song. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful statement found in Matthew chapter 20. Would you ask God for mercy? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.